When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Uh, one of my favourite days of the year, NFL Draft Day. And every year I think I say this, that it might be one of the most exciting yet and most highly anticipated. A lot of quarterbacks on the board, a lot of good quarterbacks, a lot of team who need a good quarterback. So how this will all unfold will be fascinating. There's been movement pre-draft. There'll be movement uh, during the draft. Anything could happen. It is an incredibly exciting occasion, the NFL draft. The whole country uh, put eyes on it. There are parties uh, all around cities, maybe different this year with COVID. But on a normal draft year, you would have satellite sites with parties going on and people just hang off that selection. Uh, and that uh, chime that we know so well now will be sounding at regular intervals. And who better to speak us through it and to walk us through it uh, than my good friend. Uh, he's always so generous with his time. Freddie Coleman from ESPN, the host of the Freddie and Fitzsimmons show. You can follow him uh, at Coleman ESPN. Freddie, hello to you. Hello, my brother. How's everything with you, my friend? Ah, uh, look, how, how how could anything be wrong when I'm getting to chat NFL draft with you, my friend? Uh, it's it, It's an exciting time of year. Yeah, it's a great time of year because one of the best things about the NFL draft and the NFL is that they've done a great job of creating a lot of sense of urgency when it comes to the unknown because we don't know what these players are going to look like, how they're going to play at the next level, but because we have a baseline of what they did in college, we have a pretty good idea, at least we hope we have a good idea, what they're going to do at the next level. The NFL has done a great job making this a huge event. Only the Super Bowl is bigger than the NFL draft, what goes on each and every year. So let's work our way through this. The, the, the big, I think, move today in the last 24 hours has been um, the Denver who had picked nine in the draft and everybody believed that they were going to probably take a quarterback because they're still not quite sure about Drew Locke. Well, they've signed Teddy Bridgewater, who uh, was at Carolina, but Sam Darnold taken by the Panthers means that he was on the hunt for a new home. So uh, they've taken Teddy Bridgewater. So what that does, we will have a chat about as well. But before we get into the picks as we know them, can you see anybody making a big move up the draft board? I could definitely see potentially the New England Patriots. I don't want to say it's going to be a big move because they're picking at number 15, but I think if they believe the quarterback that they want in Justin Fields or Ohio State, if he's still there at number 10, I could see that team maybe trading plays with the Dallas Cowboys at that spot. I don't think they'll try to make a big move from number 15 to number four, the Atlanta Falcons are. They have the fourth pick in the NFL draft. I don't see them doing that. Maybe the number seven, the Detroit Lions are, number eight, where the Carolina Panthers are. But it wouldn't surprise me the Patriots make a pick, make a move up a little bit up into the first round. Because more than ever before, especially in a post-Tom Brady situation that they're in, they're going to need that quarterback into the future. Because right now, that future quarterback is not on their roster when it comes to Cam Newton and Jared Stidham we're going to be the quarterbacks bound for the starting position in New England this year. So, Freddie, we're expecting five quarterbacks at, at least to go in the first round, and history will tell us 
that only maybe two of them are actually going to be uh, a raging success. So this is going to be fascinating. We're all expecting that Jacksonville, and it would be maybe the greatest shock in the history of the NFL if they don't take Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. We've known he was going to be the number one pick since before he even stepped out uh, in his freshman year. Yeah, one of the things about that, if that happens, let's say they decide not to take Trevor Lawrence at number one, Twitter would literally break if that happened and Jacksonville <laughs> decided to do that. So I don't think there's any doubt they're going to take him at number one, and we all pretty much believe that the New York Jets are going to take Zach Wilson, the quarterback out of BYU, at number two. But this is where the draft is going to get started because who is San Francisco going to take? Are they going to take Mac Jones, the quarterback out of Alabama? Are they going to take Trey Lance, the young quarterback out of North Dakota State? Will they take a fly on Justin Fields? Whatever the San Francisco 49ers do at number three is going to set the really the template for the rest of that first round, whether somebody may try to trade up or people stay where they are. Whatever they decide to take at number three, that's when the draft is going to get started, and that's when things, I believe, are really going to get interesting once the San Francisco 49ers make their pick at number three. So, Because they moved up several positions and traded away several picks to get that number three pick. So your belief is that our New York Jets – will take Zach Wilson out of BYU, uh, a smaller quarterback. Steve Young, the, the 49ers legend, who was from BYU as well, he really rates Zach Wilson, who might be undersized, but he's accurate. He threw just three interceptions uh, in his last season. He threw over 3,600 yards. He threw 33 uh, touchdowns. Might be a little small, but creative, athletic, and, and has an accurate arm. So you think that the Jets go with Zach Wilson? Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that because at his pro day, I think that everybody in Jets green and white that was scouting Zach Wilson because they believe the kind of offense they're going to run, that he fits what they're going to do because they want to be a run-the-football team, but they believe he can make plays outside the pocket. He has a very strong arm, and he's not the biggest guy in the world because he's not the same size as Trevor Lawrence, who is 6'5", or even Justin Fields, who is 6'3". But for what they do, it's not so much about throwing over people. It's about throwing in between people. And they believe with his ability to run that kind of offense and make those kind of throws and make those throws that can push the ball downfield when those throws have to be made, that's why they believe he's going to be a better fit for their offense than a Justin Fields, than a Mac Jones, than a Trey Lance, or anybody else not named Trevor Lawrence in this draft. Does it concern you, though, Freddie, as a Jets fan as well, that he's he never played against one of the big five defences? In, in, in his division, he never played against one of the big five schools who have almost NFL-quality uh, defences. Yeah, it does concern me because I think a lot of that is you can't really place that on BYU because they're an independent football team, so yep. you got to play the teams out in front of you. So I worry about his learning curve in terms of when you had a chance to play against big-time competition, your learning curve at the next level is not going to be as steep as his is going to be. And then you add that on top of the fact that he's playing for that franchise that's been star-crossed when it comes to quarterbacks, playing in that market in New York where they will boo you if you're not living up to their standards and they don't care if you only got out there for one game, one half, or one quarter. <laughs> yes. So you got to put all those factors and consider those factors when it comes to Zach Wilson. And we've seen plenty of guys from smaller schools that have a chance to be successful in the National Football League. You look at Josh Allen, a quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. He played at Wyoming in the Mountain West Conference. That's not a big conference, but at least he played against competition outside of that conference where a lot of people said if he can deal with that, then he can deal with the National Football League. Look what he's been able to do in his first three years. That is the one concern I have about Zach Wilson. We know that learning curve is going to be steep to try to overcome but it's going to be a lot steeper because of the competition that he did not play, even though he was very successful at BYU. 
So, Freddie, you, you mentioned that it's all going to start when San Francisco put their pick in. So when we hear that chime and San Francisco, who traded up from 12 to get into three, you know that they're going to take a quarterback. You don't move up that big unless you are going to take a QB because they're not convinced that Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo's body is going to hold up. So apparently the coach, Mike Shanahan, um, did I say Mike Shanahan? <laughs> Uh, yeah, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> Mike Shanahan. Uh, so Kyle Shanahan <laughs> wants Alabama's Mac Jones. Uh, state champs were Alabama, but apparently the rest of the staff like Trey Lance. So obviously more often than not, the head coach is going to win. But this is fascinating because they clearly still haven't made up their mind yet if you read varying reports. And, and those are that the coach wants Mac Jones from Alabama, uh, but the rest of the staff want Trey Lance, North Dakota. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to win that battle. Kyle Shanahan wants whatever quarterback he wants. He's going to have final say-so, especially when the general manager and John Lynch is going to support him. And I think out of those two guys, there's no doubt in my mind that Mac Jones is more NFL-ready. Now, Trey Lance may have a higher upside, but more than ever before, quarterbacks are not just going to sit and wait. It has to be a very special situation. And I think we could see that in San Francisco. They're not asking Mac Jones to play right away because they still have Jimmy Garoppolo. But Jimmy Garoppolo is no dummy. He knows that after the season is over, this is going to be Mac Jones' team or whoever they drafted number three, and he's going to be traded somewhere else, which means that he's really going to want to go out there and show people that he's worth that big contract, that he can be a top-flight quarterback, whatever team is going to trade for him. So the San Francisco 49ers will have an embarrassment of riches because they're going to get the quarterback that they believe in and that they want. They'll move on from Jimmy Garoppolo and probably get a decent haul for him. If he goes out there and he plays extremely well and makes sure that the kind of haul you get in return, it's going to be enough to fortify your team going in the future to build around your quarterback wherever they decide to take a number three. So, so then it gets really interesting, Freddie, because Atlanta have Matt Ryan, who they pay an absolute fortune for at quarterback. Well, you wouldn't expect <laughs> them to take a QB, but, but is that where a Kyle Pitts, the tight end, comes in. A lot of people think that outside of, of, of Trevor Lawrence, this guy is the actual best player in the draft. So University of Florida, um, he's just a, a superstar athlete. Um, he seems to tick every single box in, in every single category that you want. A generational talent. Is that where you think that Atlanta would go? Yeah, because I don't think the Atlanta Falcons, my friend, are going to trade out of number four. And if I'm advising them, I wouldn't trade out of number four. You have a brand-new coach in Arthur Smith. who used to be the offensive coordinator of Tennessee Titans. Mm. He loves throwing the ball to tight ends. And you have a guy that many people believe could be the next great tight end of the National Football League. You have a chance to get a guy like that to help your quarterback and be a guy that you can build around offensively. You're not going to trade out of that pick. So a lot of people thought that Atlanta might do that. I think it would be foolish to do that when you have a guy in Kyle Pitts who's a ready-made tight end who can step right in and make your offense worthwhile. So, I don't anticipate them taking a quarterback at that spot to be the heir apparent to Matt Ryan because he still have he still has enough juice in his tank where he can be an effective quarterback. You give him a tight end like that that can help you out in the passing game and be a decent blocker in your running game. Now you got a little something, something, a new coaching staff, even though you have an old quarterback in Matt Ryan who still has enough juice in his arm to make those throws to make those plays down the field. So the Bengals is interesting. Last year they got Joe Burrow, um, who had that incredible year at LSU, injured for most of last season. So on the board then would still be Jamar Chase, who took a year off, who was his number one wide receiver. They put together a hell of a year together as when LSU won the national championship. Or does they go an offensive lineman in like a Panay Sewell? So do they, it'll all be around Joe Burrow. So do they go a weapon or protection? 
to me, I think you take a weapon in terms of Jamar Chase because I think that's the kind of guy you need to help out your young quarterback. But you also have to protect your young quarterback. That's where the whole conversation comes in with Panay Sewell, the offensive tackle of Oregon. You take that in a wide receiver rich draft, you can find a wide receiver in the second or third round and maybe have the guy that can be the perfect complement for Joe Burrow. But Joe Burrow's done a lot of politicking to say that I know that guy, Jamar Chase, he's gonna make yep. this team better and now we gotta replace with AJ Green that we moved on for him. So it's going to be really interesting where do they side or what kind of side are they going to be on? Do they pay attention to the quarterback or do they do what they believe is best for the team and that is protect his blind side? I think it's going to be Jamar Chase. I think Joe Burrow is going to win this battle because now you have that guy on the outside. They have that rapport and they have that chemistry. So they won't have to learn each other. They know each other pretty well. And Joe Burrow is going to help him. He's going to help Joe Burrow from that standpoint. And there's still a lot of quality offensive tackles that you'll be able to find in the second and third round. But you get a chance at a playmaker like that that's right there at number five. It's a very tempting to go offensive tackle, but to me it's a lot better for Cincinnati to take that guy, Jamar Chase, with a fifth pick in the draft, the wide receiver out of LSU. So then Miami, uh, the whole tank for tour a couple of years ago, they ended up getting their man. Whether he is the man, though, there's still a big question mark on. He seems like he's possibly a little brittle. So if they believe that he's their man, then they won't pick a quarterback. But but you must be licking you must be second guessing yourself when you look at the moment on our board anyway. From what we've spoken about, you've still got either Mac Jones or Trey Lance on there. You've still got Justin Fields, who was in the national championship game. I mean, he beat um, Trevor Lawrence when uh, Ohio State um, beat uh, Clemson uh, to get into that uh, national championship. So he's still on the board. Do they budge or do they hold? They're going to hold because I still think that Tua Tungvalu can be a good quarterback in the National Football League, and I'm not ready to throw him out yep. because he's only played 10 games in the NFL. I don't think that's enough of a sample size to decide if he's going to be your guy or not going to be your guy. If he's in year three, then I think then I know we're having a different conversation. But barely year one and not having him for a full training camp, I think we're going to see a Tua Tungvalu I thought we were going to see when he left Alabama to go to the NFL and Miami drafted him, which means that a guy like Devontae Smith the best way to help out your quarterback is have a playmaker like that because you can line him up anywhere. Their offensive line is pretty good. Their running game is underrated. But now you get that guy to go with the rest of their guys on their football team because they got decent wide receivers. They got a decent tight end, Mike Kosicki, but they don't have that star playmaker. And a guy like him, Devontae Smith, the Heisman Trophy winner, yep. he's going to make everybody better because he's so good at one-on-one coverage that you're going to want to double-teaming him. That leaves one-on-one coverage everywhere else, which means that guys get better chances to get balls thrown their way. So he's going to be there at number six. I don't think Cincinnati's going to take him. I don't think Atlanta's going to take him early at number four. But if he's there at number six and he's played with that quarterback that can help out your quarterback, that, to me, is going to be the pick by the Miami Dolphins taking Devontae Smith, the wide receiver out of Alabama. Uh, makes a lot of sense to me. Last one before we let you go, because it's fascinating that after this, because the next sort of four or five teams, so you look at Detroit, Carolina, Denver, uh, Dallas, New York, Philly, LA, the Vikings, and then New England at 15. So you look down the board, they've all made their decision at quarterback, even Denver at number nine, who we thought might be in the market for Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Well, they've got Teddy Bridgewater in, unless they think, well, we'll have three and we'll just make them duke it out over um, over the, the preseason. So they may still go a quarterback, but it also might mean that New England might not even have to trade up in the end because Detroit have got Jared Goff. Dallas, we know uh, the contract that they just signed um, – with, uh, oh, and I've just had a mental blank uh, with Dallas's quarterback. I've been reading all about him for the last few months with his holdout for a contract. 
Um, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, thank you. Uh, New York Giants probably still think that Daniel Jones is worth another season. Philly have got Jalen Hurts and LA have got Matt Stafford, the Vikings, uh, Kirk Cousins. So there might be a situation, Freddie, where New England don't have to trade up, but it probably hinges on Denver. Oh, it completely hinges on Denver because I'm still not out of that thinking that they may not take a quarterback at number nine because I still I know they said the right things like they still believe in Drew Locke, but I'm still not buying it because you believe in Drew Locke. Why are you bringing in a guy in Teddy Bridgewater where a six-round pick that can compete with him for a starting quarterback position? So I don't think it's out of the realm that either Denver will take a quarterback or somebody believes they're going to take a quarterback and maybe a team like the Patriots trades into that spot at number nine and then they get the guy that they want where they don't have to trade out of that pick and maybe take a quarterback in the second round. So I could clearly see Denver, they don't take a quarterback that they could be a willing trade partner, but anybody wants to do that, maybe even the Carolina Panthers could be in the same position at number eight because they have Sam Donald, and somebody may say, well, Denver's taking a quarterback. We better jump ahead of them and get the guy that we want, which brings us back to the New England Patriots, maybe even the Minnesota Vikings. I know they have Kirk Cousins, but I don't think they're really enamored of him. They may be looking towards the future and taking somebody else. So Denver's going to be a really interesting team. Maybe even the Detroit Lions at number seven, a really interesting team because they don't need a quarterback. They may try to trade out of that and get more picks and really help their team with a brand-new coach going forward. So it's going to be interesting. Once you get past number five, number six, and number seven, that's when we, we may start to see a couple of trades. Could be involved in the Patriots, could be involved in somebody else. Maybe they got the quarterback or maybe to get the other kind of player that they want that they believe won't be there when they pick in the first round. Oh, I can't wait. It's got so many machinations and permutations, Freddie. Thank you so much for walking us through. That was just, <laughs> hey, that was just the top 10 and we've been going for 15 minutes. Enjoy it, my friend, and we'll speak to you again very soon. <laughs> Yeah, always good to talk to you, my brother. You enjoy the draft as well. Can't wait to talk to you again sooner than soon. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.